This sermon is titled Shiloh. Be enriched as you listen. So today for our time in God's word and then as we get into a time of prayer and uh, expecting God to work in our lives, I request us to turn to Genesis chapter 49. We're going to just spend time in three verses of scripture here today. Genesis chapter 49 verses 8 through 10. Genesis chapter 49 verses 8 through 10. Let's read these three verses. Genesis chapter 49 verses 8 through 10. Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you've gone up. He bows down, he lies down as a lion. And as a lion, who shall rouse him? Verse 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. And read verse 10 one more time. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. Genesis chapters 48 and 49 are interesting chapters. Here, Jacob, the grandson of Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob is about 147 years of age. He's nearing the end of his life. And in chapter 48, he prophesies, he speaks over the two sons of Joseph. Ephraim and Manasseh, he speaks, he prophesies over them. And then in chapter 49, he gets all his sons to come before him. And he starts prophesying or declaring on each one. He says, listen, my sons, this is what is going to happen to you in the last days. He's telling them, this is your future. In days to come, this is what's going to happen. It's very amazing. Amazing. So he prophesies over a few of his sons and then he comes to Judah. So these three verses are part of what Jacob is prophesying, is speaking over one of his sons, Judah. So we want to look at that very carefully. And we recognize that each one of these sons actually became the tribes in Israel. They became big, big, uh, numerous people. So he's not just speaking on the individual He's actually speaking on an entire or many generations to come. He's saying, this is all of you speaking. So when he's prophesying over Judah, he's not just saying about Judah, the individual, but actually over that entire tribe, all the generations to come. He's prophesying, this is who you are. Very interesting. What does he say? He says, Judah, you're the one whom... Is the name Judah simply means to be praised or celebrated. 
You're the one whom your brothers are going to praise. They're going to praise you. They're going to celebrate you. Because you are going to crush the neck of your enemies. Now you're going to be triumphant. You're going to be victorious against your enemies. And then verse 9. He says, Judah, you are like a lion. You're like a lion. This is you. Of course, he's drawing a comparison. He says, you are a lion, but you're like a lion. Lion. The king of the jungle. A symbol of dominion and authority. You're like a lion. Who can arouse you? You know, you're like a lion that just killed its prey. And nobody can disturb us. You're so powerful. So feared and respected. And there's a symbol of dominion. That's you, Judah. Then in verse 10, he begins to say something very amazing. And he says, Judah, there's something you need to know. I'm just paraphrasing this. The scepter will not depart from you, nor a lawgiver. That means somebody who is a judge, an administrator of justice. The scepter will not depart from you, nor the lawgiver will not, not cease coming from you until Shiloh comes. Wow. He's talking about somebody coming. Shiloh comes. And to him, the obedience of the, all the nations, I'm paraphrasing, putting in simple English, all the nations will obey this man or this Shiloh when he comes. Amazing. Now, when you look at this prophecy, the first, so what's he saying is, he's saying, you know, Judah, from you, there's going to be a ruler and a lawgiver. The scepter, meaning the one who has a scepter, the king, ruler, and lawgiver. That means Judah, you're going to supply kings and, and judges and justices. You're going to keep supplying. They're going to keep coming out of you until Shiloh comes. This is going to keep happening. Very interesting. Look at the history of the nation of Israel. Saul was their first king. The very next king, David, was from the tribe of Judah. So from David, which was 640 years after Jacob's prophecy. From the time of David, all the way to the first century A.D. They were kings from Judah. Till the time of the king, we read about the Herods during the time of Jesus. King of Judah. Herod, king of Judah. So all the way from David through the first century AD, they were kings. Now, part of Israel's history, we know the kingdom was divided at one point. This was right after King Solomon. There was a northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah. So there's always a king through, through Judah. Always a king. There were judges, then the kings. And even in the time of exile, there were 70 years in captivity. 
They had Daniel, people who would administer wisdom and justice for the people. It's amazing that Jacob would say, Judah, from you, the scepter will not depart from Judah. There will always be a ruler or a lawgiver coming from you. It will always happen. That's amazing. Starting with David around 640, 640 years later, all the way through the first century was happening. But then he said something. He said, this will go on until Shiloh comes. Shiloh. A messianic title. Meaning a title pointing to Jesus. Now people have wondered, what is the meaning of that word Shiloh? What's it? Because suddenly it comes in the Bible. Suddenly it appears, Shiloh. So, there are two ways that scholars, and I'm not a scholar, so I just read what scholars have written. <laughs> there are two ways that scholars try to understand the meaning of this word. One, the meaning because of its usage, the context, how it is used. Second way is, you know, we try to understand the the root word, where did this word come from? Was it a word built upon some other word? And so maybe it has, you know, they could derive at the meaning. So on the basis of the context, the word Shiloh is given the meaning as the one to whom it belongs. So the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the you know, those days they had the staff as a, for the lawgiver. These days we have the wooden gavel for the judge. But you just want to imagine, the scepter and the gavel, it'll keep coming out of Judah, but ultimately it belongs to this person, Shiloh. The one to whom it belongs. He's the one who is actually the one to hold the scepter and the gavel, the king and the judge. He's the one. Until Shiloh comes, the one to whom it belongs. So Jesus is Shiloh. The one to whom the scepter and the gavel actually belongs. He is the king and he is the judge. Shiloh. And Jesus is a fulfillment of everything stated in these three verses. I want us to look at that, to meditate on that a little bit. But what's so amazing is, Jacob prophesied 1,000 600 years before Jesus was born. 1,600 years before. Shiloh is coming. And the scepter and the gavel of the law, he, this belongs to him. He is the real king. He is the real judge. Shiloh is coming. Just amazes me. Amen.
None of you say amen. Okay. <laughs> I have to find some other audience, I guess. No. <laughs> Amazing. Shiloh. The king and the church. Shiloh is coming. 1,600 years before. And Jesus is a fulfillment of all that is stated in these three verses. He is the one. So reflect on it. Think about it. Now, we'll come to that. But I just want to give a little bit more on, on the word Shiloh. The other way they arrive at the meaning of the word Shiloh is by trying to find the root word. Now again, uh, this is not 100% sure, but scholars think that the root word for Shiloh is the word that means tranquility, peace. The one who gives peace. The one who gives rest. The one who gives tranquility. So he's saying... The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from there, until the one who gives peace comes, until the one who gives rest comes, Shiloh. So interesting. And we'll take both, because we're not sure. We'll take both. <laughs> the one who is king and judge, and the one who gives rest, who gives peace, who gives tranquility, Shiloh, until he comes. Now what is interesting is uh, how the people of Israel took this name, and how they used it. And this is a side note. Because his name just appeared. Jacob just said, Shiloh is coming. So later on, much later, when Joshua led the people into the promised land. So they came out of captivity in Egypt. They came into Canaan and they, they began to occupy that land. He set up camp in the hills of Samaria, north of Jerusalem. He set up camp there. All the people came there. And he called the camp Shiloh. So what name will he give this camp? Shiloh, we're going to have peace. We're going to have a place to meet with God. And it was so amazing. From there, uh, he, uh, uh, Joshua allotted lands to all the tribes to go occupy your, these, these territories. He administered that. And they put the tabernacle of God in this place called Shiloh. For the next 500 years, that was there. So Shiloh became a place where people came to worship God. A place where they came to meet with God. That was how they used that name. And later on, that, 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 that became a city, a center of worship. But later on, around 1100 BC, around that time, it was destroyed. Shiloh was destroyed by the Philistines who invaded. But till then, for about five, six hundred years, it was a center, it was a place where the people came to worship God. But very interesting. They first place, camp, what name will you give it? Call it Shiloh. That's how they used it. But let's go back now and think a little bit today. Meditate a little bit. How Jesus 
is the fulfillment of these three verses. Because he, Jacob was not just prophesying on Judah as an individual. He's prophesying on everyone, this whole tribe. First, Judah, you are going to have, you're going to be victorious over your enemies. You're going to crush the neck of your enemies. The Lord Jesus comes, the incarnate Son of God. And he crushes our enemy. And we're not talking about flesh and blood. We're not talking about fighting other people. We're talking about the enemy of our soul. That through his life and death, this man from the tribe of Judah, he crushes the neck of our biggest enemy, the devil. This is the height, the fulfillment. The Bible tells us that through his death on the cross, Jesus destroyed the one who had the power of death. That is the devil. That on the cross, he disarmed principalities and powers. And he made a public show of them, triumphing over them on the cross. This one who came from the tribe of Judah, he crushed the neck of our enemy, Satan. This one, therefore, he is the one who is to be praised. He is the one who is to be celebrated. The Bible tells us Philippians 2, 9 to 11. Wherefore God has highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the one to be celebrated. He's the one to be praised. He's the one to be honored. He's the one to be respected. Shiloh. Verse 9. Judah, you're like a lion. Come into the New Testament. Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, you're seeing the scene in the throne room and suddenly there's a new title that is given to this Jesus. The Lion of the tribe of Judah. I mean, this is the ultimate lion. He's come from that same tribe, of the tribe of Judah, but this is the lion. The one to whom all authority, all dominion in heaven and on earth belongs. He's not just king of the jungle. He's a king. He has authority. All heaven, all earth. This is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. And then, verse 10. The scepter and the gavel or the law, staff of the law, belongs to him. Come in the New Testament. Paul writes, 1 Timothy 6, I think it's verse 15. He says, Jesus is the only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords. This Jesus 
He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Revelation 1.5, John says, He is the ruler of the kings of the earth. That means He's higher than all the potentates, all the kings the earth has ever known. This one supersedes all of them. He alone is crowned with glory and honor. He's the king. The one to whom the scepter belongs. And he is the lawgiver. The judge. He is the judge of the living and the dead. Meaning everyone will stand before him. And he's going to judge. They're going to be judged by his word. He is the king. And he is the judge. And he is the one who brings peace. He's the one who brings rest. He's the one who gives that tranquility. Jesus said, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Meaning I'm not going to put anything heavy on you. Come to me. I'll give you rest. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Meaning I'm giving you a different kind of peace. Shiloh. The one who brings peace. The one who gives rest. Everything you see fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Jesus is our Shiloh. He is the Shiloh that Jacob spoke about. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh comes. Until the one to whom the scepter and the law the gavel belongs until he comes. Now there is a part of this verse that has not been fulfilled because Jacob said, and to him will the obedience of the people be. Or if you read a contemporary English version, it will say, and the nations will come and obey him. So we understand fulfillment from a spiritual standpoint the literal fulfillment is still in the future when he would literally be the king and the lawgiver the administrator of justice and nations will come and bow before him that's still in the future Daniel wrote in Daniel chapter 7 actually in Daniel chapter 2 Daniel said that after the, 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 the kingdoms, and he, he gave a sequence of all the kingdoms, the world empires. And then he said, in the days of the, uh, the, the, the loosely held Roman Empire. Daniel chapter 2. He said, the God of heaven will set up his kingdom here on earth. God is going to set up a kingdom here on earth. 
Daniel chapter 7, he talks about the kingdoms of the earth being handed to the son of man and to the saints. Revelation chapter 20 verse 4, John writes that after Jesus comes, at the battle of Armageddon, verse nine, chapter 19, he destroys the armies of the nations. He descends from heaven with thousands and ten thousands of his saints. And by the word of his mouth, he strikes the nations. Descends on Mount Olives. And, and then there's the establishing of his kingdom in Jerusalem. A literal kingdom. Revelation 20 verse 4, he reigns for 1,000 years on the earth. So that is yet to be fulfilled. There's going to be a literal millennial reign of Christ on the earth when Shiloh holds the scepter and the staff of the law or he sits as king and judge. A literal fulfillment. It's going to happen. But what does this mean to you and me today? It's nice to know Shiloh came 2,000 years ago from the tribe of Judah. Nice to know that. Nice to know that in the near future, he's going to set up his kingdom here on earth. Rule and reign for 1,000 years. Nice to know that. What does it mean to me today? On December 3rd, 2023, I'm not in the past. I'm not there in the future. What does Shiloh mean to me? The beautiful thing about the God of the Bible, about Jesus, he's not a God of history, only a God of the past. He doesn't come and say, hello, I was the Shiloh. <laughs> Who came 2,000 years ago to fulfill Jacob's prophecy. Jesus doesn't just come to you and me and say, hello, I am the one going to come. Was going to set up kingdom on the earth. Not the one who was, not just the one who was. I'm not just the one who will be. But Jesus is the great I am. That means today, he is Shiloh to you and to me in our life, in our situation, in our circumstance. He is Shiloh. Not just the one who was, not the one who just will be, but he is the Shiloh. He is Shiloh to you, to me today. And that's what we must believe. Yes, it's good to believe that he fulfilled Jacob's prophecy in that sense. Yes, it's good to believe that he is going to fulfill the rest of the prophetic scriptures. But today, he is Shiloh for you in your situation, in your circumstance. He is the one who can crush the neck of whatever the enemy might be doing against you. He's the one. He's the one who is to be praised and worshipped and celebrated and respected in your life. 
that you pledge allegiance to no one else but him. He alone is to be praised in worship. He alone is the one who has dominion and lordship in your life. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah in your life. That he has dominion over you and over the things in your life. He is Shiloh. He is king. He's lawgiver, the administrator of justice. And if there is injustice, if there is unfairness, if there is wrongdoing against you, bring it before him. The one who holds the scepter and who sits as the judge. Let him administer justice for you. Let him be Shiloh in your situation. And he is the one who brings rest, peace, and tranquility, Shiloh. He is the Prince of Peace. So let him administer that peace in your life and mine. Amen. So today, I want you to think about Jesus as your Shiloh. Worship him, please, God. As the one who can break through into your life, into my life, and be Shiloh, because Shiloh has come. Shiloh came, but Shiloh is, and he will come. Let him be Shiloh to you today. Look to him and say, Lord, I worship you. I embrace you as my Shiloh. The one and whatever you need him to do in your life, you invite him to do it. Amen. Jacob said, so amazing. Judah, you're going to break the neck of your enemies. You're the one who's going to, you are going to be praised and celebrated. You're like a lion. And Judah, the scepter will not pass off from you, nor a lawgiver from your feet, until Shiloh comes. And to him will be the obedience of the people. Nations will come and submit to him. What he spoke more than 3,600 years ago is being fulfilled here today. You and I have pledged our obedience to Shiloh. Nations will come and obey. You and I are here. We've pledged our obedience to Shiloh. Amen. Let's rise to our feet. I want you to take a few moments just to worship Jesus, who's our Shiloh. What an amazing truth that we find in Scripture. By the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Jacob could tell Shiloh is coming. And indeed, he has come. And indeed, he will be Shiloh to you and me in our life situation. And I want you to look to him and say, Jesus, be Shiloh. Be the one who brings peace to me.
Maybe there's something you're battling in your life, whatever that enemy is or that challenges. Let Jesus break through and crush it. Let him be your lion. The one who puts you in a place of dominion and authority. Let him be your king. Let him be your administrator of justice. Let him be your peace. Let him be your Shiloh.
Jesus, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You do not change. The God of the Bible is the God of today. And we recognize you as our Shiloh. Lord Jesus, you are the one who crushes the head of our adversary. You've crushed the head of our adversary and Lord I pray right now for people in this auditorium those watching online that whatever challenge they are faced with that you subdue it before them you crush it you nullify it you bring it to an end because you are Shiloh the one who crushes the head of the enemy. And Lord, you are the lion of the tribe of Judah, the one to whom all authority and dominion in heaven and on earth belongs. God, in your dominion, in your authority, that everything in our lives come into alignment to your plan and to your purposes. Let every scheme, every work of the enemy against us, against our families, against our homes be canceled. And we declare that our lives are under the Lordship of the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He has dominion. He has authority over everything in our lives because we've submitted ourselves to him you brought ourselves unto obedience to him you rule you reign let your kingdom break through let your kingdom break through in every area of our lives let the light of your kingdom invade darkness let the power of your kingdom dismantle every work of the enemy let the truth of your kingdom dismantle every lie and deception fear and torment let the power of your kingdom Lord pull down every destroy every chain every yoke every bondage you rule you are Shiloh the one to whom the scepter belongs and God be the judge, the administrator of justice in our lives. God, if there be anyone here experiencing and counting of oppression, injustice, unfairness, extortion, oppression, Lord, be the lawgiver. Be the administrator of justice. Because you are Shiloh. You are Shiloh, the lawgiver, the administer of justice. 
Lord. We receive your peace, your rest, your tranquility, that we may abide in it, we may dwell in it, that nothing will disturb our peace because we rest in you, our Shiloh. We worship you, our Shiloh. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. We honor you. Before we dismiss, I want to take a moment just to extend an invitation to anyone who's never received Jesus into your life. The Bible tells us that each one of us personally, personally, we have to receive Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 11 and 12 says, He came to his own, but his own didn't receive him. But to as many as who received him, to them he gave the power to become children of God. There are some who didn't receive. But to those who did receive, he gives them the wonderful power, the privilege, the right to be the children of God. And in making us sons and daughters of God, He makes us new creation. He changes us. He brings us into God's family. He writes our name in the book of life. And He makes sure that we will be with God in heaven. Now, maybe you've been a Christian or meaning you've been going to church many times. The issue is not have you gone to church. The issue is have you received Jesus? into your life? That's the question. The issue is not if you have a Christian name. The issue is, does Christ live in you? That's what's important. Have you told Jesus, come into my life? And anyone can do this. You don't have to have a Christian name. You don't have to have been brought up in a Christian family. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your culture is. Everyone. This is for whoever believes. Anyone can receive Jesus and make a choice to follow Jesus. So if you feel that you want to do it this morning, I want to lead us in a simple prayer. And you can join with me if you've never done this before. If you've never received Jesus into your life, this is your moment. You can pray with me and welcome Jesus into your life. Ask him to make you a child of God and you make a choice to follow Jesus Christ the rest of your life. If you've never done this before, and you would like to do it, just say this with me. Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my life. Make me a child of God. And help me to follow you and you alone the rest of my life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Anyone here, you prayed this prayer with me. The Bible says there's great rejoicing in heaven. Even over one person who turns to God. Even over one person who turns to God, there's great rejoicing in heaven. We want to rejoice with you today. If you prayed this prayer with me the first time, I want to see your hand. Would you mind? If you don't mind, could you raise your hand? Just wave it at me. Anybody here in this auditorium, you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time in your life. Anyone here? Can I see your hands? Anyone? Okay. I don't see anybody. I'm assuming that means everybody already has received Jesus. And that's a good thing. That you already have received Jesus into your life. That's a wonderful thing. If you pray that prayer with me for the very first time and you didn't, you just felt shy, didn't want to raise your hand. It doesn't matter. You'll find our ushers waiting with this pink bag. We call it the New Believers Bag. There's some resources there. And you can just go to them, ask them for that. Take that bag with you. Uh, write your name and number on the card. Give it back to them and we'll call you and tell you how to use what's in the bag. Right? We're going to close and we will dismiss right after that. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, and books, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org. Do remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the Apple or Google Play Store.